Yeah, hang on to your hymnals. Um, if you turn to the back of the hymnal, page 875, uh, this is the section that has our, our shorter catechism a summary. Uh, we think a, a accurate summary of what the Bible teaches in question and answer form. And we've been moving through it over these last, uh, really the last couple of years, but I've uh, been making progress. You'll see page 875 is in the 70s and 80s. We've been more back in the 30s, but uh, we're jumping ahead, and I'll explain why, and then we'll jump back. Don't worry. But we're looking at question 86, which is on page 875. And let me read the question, and then, uh, if you would, read the answer with me. So question 86, uh, what is faith in Jesus Christ? Faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace whereby we receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he is offered to us in the gospel. Wonderful. And our theme verse for this evening, although we'll look at many passages, if you were in Sunday school, it'll be familiar to you. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 reads this. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no, so that no one may boast. Uh, God, would you bless our time together as we open your word, as we seek to understand uh, what faith is from a biblical perspective. Uh, may this time glorify you, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Could I have a volunteer that would pass out to anyone who wants one a, an outline? Yeah, Karis? Thank you. So if you would like a visual uh, with fill-ins, and Karis will get you going. And then there's also a, a kid's note sheet over there as well that Katie Foy puts together for us. <laughs> and so we're thankful for that. And so let's, let's dive in here on this question. And it's the question of faith. And in many ways, you, if you are going to be a part of uh, Sunday school and morning worship over the next few weeks, it, we'll have many different chances to think about faith and especially the idea of faith alone, uh, and what that meant for the Reformers and for us uh, as we look to Scripture. And so tonight isn't meant to be an exhaustive uh, definition or peeling it all apart, but uh, trying to get at what this question really helps us to understand. Uh, but as we think about faith, if you, if you walked around you know, Medford and uh, had a microphone like this and you asked people, you know, what is faith, uh, you might get some different answers. Some of them might be pretty accurate. Some of them might be interesting. <laughs> Um, if you said, is faith a good thing, what do you think most people would say? Yeah. Sure. Like being faithful is good. Having faith in something. Um, and if you ask people, well, what's the Christian faith? What does it mean that a believer believes in Jesus? It, it, some might use this phrase, uh, that they take a leap of faith. Have you heard this phrase before? They take a leap of faith, Right. The evidence isn't really there, but, but it, it, there's some bravery in the fact that they take a leap of faith, and that shows courage, at least, even if I don't agree with the faith. Um, uh, the prophet uh, Indiana Jones uh, in, uh, in the film The Last Crusade, um, of course, it's, you know, it, it, it's sort of a shallow understanding. Historically, it, it, we really enjoy the movies. They're very fun, adventurous. Uh, there's, there's good themes there as well, but uh, as I- I- if you've seen the last film or, or the last of the original films, uh, uh, Indy is getting close to the Holy Grail, supposedly, um, in this sort of temple, and he has three tests that he has to get through, 
Um, and you could see kind of the sh- sort of shallow spirituality that leads to these, but it, it makes for good cinema, right? Uh, the, the first of the challenges is called the path of God. Only the penitent man shall pass. If anyone, maybe if you don't admit that you've seen it, but he, what does he do? He says the penitent man does what? He kneels, but then he does like this awesome roll. I don't know how that was just penitence, but, and he dodges these awesome, you know. Uh, the second one is the, the word of God. Only in the footsteps of God shall he proceed. And he says, oh, it, the floor spells the name of God. And he says, oh, Jehovah, J, and goes for J, and it breaks uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses would not be excited about that scene. Uh, but he's like, oh, in Hebrew, it starts with a different letter. The, the final test is called the breath of God. Only in a leap from the lion's head shall he prove his worth. Of course, that sounds cool. And he looks out over this ravine, it seems. There's a doorway on the other side. It looks like there's nothing in front of him. Uh, he hears his father dying behind him and supposedly... If they get the grail, it's going to heal him. Just take that with a grain of salt. But he, and he realizes, and he, I think he says the word, it, it's a leap of faith. And he sticks his foot out, and he steps forward, and lo and behold, there's an invisible bridge, and he walks across. Is that what faith in Jesus Christ is? Is it, is it a leap of faith? Is it a, everything that I'm seeing tells me that this is not possible at all, but I'm going to do it against all evidence, against all odds. Uh, we're going to see tonight that that's not really a Christian idea. And actually that, that term leap of faith comes from Kierkegaard and other philosophers that has sort of been imported back in people's perception that, oh, Christians, they just do a leap of faith. <clears throat> what we actually see in Scripture, not to downplay the aspect that faith is, we have faith in what we don't see, right, in Hebrews, uh, we're longing for something that's not fully here yet, the kingdom. But, uh, but listen to John chapter 20, verses 30 through 31. You, you'll know these verses. Uh, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. Uh, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Uh, do, do you see the rootedness of that? It's not... These are written so that you would have faith in something, even heroic faith, right? Uh, even in that scene, Indiana Jones shows some heroism. No, it's that you would know that this is Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, and not just knowing that, that you would believe in him, and by doing that, you would find life in his name. And so as we look then at faith uh, this evening very briefly and, and, and throughout the rest of the month, um, uh, let's zoom back a bit to sort of place it in context of, of what we've been talking about in the catechism. Uh, if you remember, we've been talking about this idea of the order of salvation or the ordo salutis. And this is, this is trying to take a bird's eye view and then zoom in on each one a more in the weeds view of what happens when the once for all salvation purchased by Christ on the cross uh, how is that applied to the believer? What does that look like? And we've already looked at a few things. We've looked at something called effectual calling, right? That there's a, there's a general call of the gospel that goes out to everyone. Some people reject it. Some people accept it. Those who accept it have received what's called the effectual call. Um, and that's when God, in the general call of the gospel, his spirit is at work opening our eyes, changing our hearts so that we can receive that call. 
so it's effectual. It, it, it does what it sets out to do. And then there's regeneration, and you can see where these are, you can't pull them apart, right? A regeneration is when we're given a new heart. Uh, we looked last week that uh, Jesus says you, you can't enter the kingdom unless you're born again of the Spirit. Actually, you can't even see the kingdom, right? Uh, and, and Ephesians tells us we're like, we're like dead men. We're, we're dead in our trespasses. We need to be made alive again. Our heart needs to be, uh, <laughs> I can't think of the term, with the electricity in the heart, alive again. Thank you medical expertise here um and so it that's more the image that we have in scripture is is from death to life from a stony heart to a fleshy heart that beats and that's what happens in regeneration so that at one point if you're a christian here today um especially if if you were converted more later in life you you can sort of think of a time where i've heard this gospel before but i i I want it now this Jesus is wonderful, whereas before I, I made fun of him, uh, regeneration has happened, which might happen even before we remember if we've grown up in the church. But So we've looked at effectual calling, regeneration. He changes our hearts. We are able to then receive the call. And what happens then is what we're talking about today and next week is uh, conversion. Uh, the, the person is converted. They become a believer. They become a disciple of Jesus. And Conversion really has two parts that, again, you can't separate, faith and repentance. Faith and repentance, right? What, is, what does Jesus say in Mark 1.15? The time is fulfilled. The kingdom is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And so, Lord willing, next week we'll look more at repentance. Uh, today we're looking at faith. And that's why we're jumping ahead in the catechism. Um, I think it's so helpful to see kind of this order of the calling, regeneration, we're converted, we're going to look at justification, sanctification, all the way to glorification. And so we're borrowing from the later catechism so that we can follow uh, this order here. And so, yeah, we, so let's look then at faith in Jesus Christ, uh, that first big heading. We said it's conversion, which is faith and repentance. Now, let's break down that terminology, faith in Christ, right? We said if, if you interviewed people, they might praise the idea of having faith, or in a pluralist, plural, pluralistic society, uh, they might even, okay, I'm an atheist, but I, I totally respect that someone has faith in a deity, right? Um, there's even some respect for that, um, or just that someone has faith. They seem to have hope, or they carry on, and, and certainly these are praiseworthy traits, but what we're talking about here is faith in something, and here in someone. Um, um, it, 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 so faith from a bib- biblical def- definition uh, is even the Greek word to believe, to trust in, to rely on, to count on. And so faith must be in something. It must be in something. Uh, John Murray in his book that we've you'll hear more from, uh, entitled uh, Redemption Accomplished and Applied. Uh, He puts it this way, Faith, after all, is not belief in propositions of truth respecting the Savior, however essential and ingredient of faith such belief is. Faith is trust in a person, the person of Christ, the Son of God, and Savior of the lost. And so our example from earlier, you know, Indy stepping out and, and he's sweating and it, it's heroic. It's it's sort of it's it's laudable in the sense that he's trying to save his dad, and 
against all odds. He believes against belief, we say, right? Uh, but it, it wasn't, it's not like he had faith in something that gave him confidence that he was not going to fall down the pit. He was just out of options, and he was willing to risk it, right? Which is praiseworthy in its own right. But what we're talking about is faith in Christ, not a wishful thinking in Christ, right? So others would think that we're making that same leap of faith that, well, I don't have any other options, and, you know, <laughs> worst case, I fall down the pit. No, it's, it's faith in Jesus Christ and his person and his work. And so it's in a person, and it's not just in anyone. It's not just, hey, make sure you find someone to have faith in. Acts 4.12 says, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Right? Nothing but the blood of Jesus as we sung. So it's faith in and faith in Christ. Next, it's, it is a saving grace. You'll see this term pop up again and again in the catechism as we talk about repentance, as regeneration, all these different aspects. It's a saving grace. And we talked a bit about grace this morning, and one good definition of grace is God's unmerited favor. That's a good definition. Uh, but here it, it includes that, but, but there's an active sense of the word uh, that I think we see in Scripture as well. We don't kind of always think of it this way. We, we think of grace probably... Rightly so, like mercy, you know, I, I've received forgiveness for my sins, amen. But uh, listen to Titus two, eleven. It says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. What appeared? That the grace of God appeared, and it's, it's active. It, it, it brings salvation. It trains us to renounce ungodliness to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives. So when we pray that God would give us the grace we need to glorify him, certainly it means mercy, but it's, it's more than that. It's, it's a bigger term. Uh, it's, it's his empowerment, the strength it, that we need uh, to glorify him. And so that's what this idea of a saving grace uh, means. Faith is a saving grace. It's active. Um, and we saw... Um, uh, Let's return to our Ephesians 2 passage just to start to tie these things together for this evening. Um, as we've said, that Ephesians 2 passage, uh, in, the, in, in Sunday school we've been looking at the five solas of the Reformation, and it, at least a few of them you could see right in this one section of Scripture. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one uh, may boast. And so we're saved by grace, right? By the grace of God. Here especially, his mercy, as as we talked about as well. Uh, But through faith. Um, It's it's interesting. Faith is seen then as as an instrument that God uses uh, to bring about salvation. And we shouldn't be afraid to talk in this way, uh, because Scripture uh, does. Um, uh, but even then it says that it is a gift of God, uh, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. Um, we talked this morning that there's some debate whether it is a gift of God means the grace or the salvation or the faith or all of it. Um, I, I do think it, in the Greek, it actually connects back to the word faith. But, but even if not, even if by grace you have been saved, that's a gift of God, 
then even then faith here is, is, is an instrument, right, uh, for receiving that grace from him. Uh, especially when he pauses and says, by the way, it's, it's not a result of works, including a work of faith. It's not as if you have faith, that's the one work you do that God rewards. No, uh, all of it from beginning to end so that no one may boast, not even 1% uh, in our efforts. Um, and so it, it, Murray puts it this way, and it, it sort of provocatively to, to have us think about it. It is not faith that saves. So don't fire me. I'll keep reading the quote. It is not faith but that saves, but faith in Jesus Christ. So, so far, that's sort of what we've talked about. Strictly speaking, it's not even faith in Christ that saves, but Christ that saves through faith. So theologians love to write a sentence that if you stopped in the middle of it <laughs> would get you into trouble. Uh, but to, to bring out something, that what are we saying? Faith is an instrument. It's, it's not a work that we do that he rewards, right? Um, and yet, uh, it, it truly is an instrument. We truly do, with our will, with our heart, we have faith in Christ. And so it is an action in that sense. It's not a something we do that he rewards, um, but it is something we do. And we reform folks sometimes swing the pendulum so far that we're afraid to say <laughs> that we, with our will, have faith in Jesus Christ. And so Murray then puts it provocatively. God alone regenerates. We alone believe. But when you start thinking logically about this, it starts to make sense, right? Uh, and Murray even says this. We're, we're not robots. And often the reform camp, we, that's the sort of critique that is made, right? That if God works salvation from A to Z, I'm just sort of a puppet that is just sort of playing my part. Where are we at in the order of Salutis? Okay, I'll play my part. Um, and, and God's pulling the strings. Uh, but it, it, it's not as if, it, to put it another way, it, it's not God that has faith. Or it's not like God is moving our lips up and down. Right? You can make someone say something. Uh, it, when you start to think about it, it makes sense. No, of course. It, repent and believe. Right? Jesus says. But what we're saying is, that what gets to the point when a person repents and believes is all a work of God. It's a gift of God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit changing the heart to even see, to even hear the gospel, and then to receive it. And, and those are the words that the catechism uses, which are really helpful, right? It's, okay, faith truly is an action on our part, but what kind of action is it? it the verbs they use, uh, we receive and rest upon him alone for salvation. I think these are beautiful words to choose, and, and they're biblical. John 1, 12, thinking of the receive, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And he goes on to say this wasn't the will of man, but the will of God. And so we receive him. Uh, we rest upon him. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so it's truly an action that we take, but it's, it's an action only empowered by, that's why we say faith itself is a gift given to us. Uh, he, he gives us the grace that we need. He regenerates our hearts. He brings us from death to life. And so it's the, it's the active role that 
to use a metaphor that a, a child being uh, saved from a burning building plays, right? Uh, perhaps the child is at the window and the firefighter is a, a few feet away, and the child really does have to uh, fall out of the window and be caught by the firefighter. It's not a blind faith. It's not a leap of faith. The child doesn't say, I have no evidence that tells me <laughs> that if I fall out this window, I don't know what's going to happen. No, it, It's faith in this person, in this example. It's not a leap of faith, but it's a leap into the arms of the one she knows is trained, ready, willing, has already risked their life to get to there. And you could push the metaphor further and say that, um, you know, their loving parent are the ones who even got them up to the window in the first place. (laughs) so it's not as if their own might got them there. No, they were trapped under burning rubble and, and their parent scraped it away, burning their own arms and got them to the window. And now they fall into the arms of the person they can trust. This is more, any metaphor breaks down, but this is more what we're talking about. To receive and rest upon Christ. And we're only enabled to do so by the Holy Spirit. It says receive and rest upon him as he is offered to us in the gospel. Again, that that comes through the preaching of the word, that comes through the gospel going out, and the good shepherd calling his own by name. And uh, it's interesting that um, even if you came to faith later in life, many will describe coming to faith as almost like coming home. Uh, Even though you've been brought from death to life, uh, there's a sense when the good shepherd calls you by name, there's a very real sense that it's like coming home, being returned then. And so as we think about this idea of faith, and we'll think more throughout um, throughout the month, um, I, I was thinking of our of our covenant children, uh, some, some of whom are here tonight. Some are represented in the rest of our church that we would continually remind them again in, in, in the reformed world we're, we're so good at emphasizing God's sovereignty and that they're covenant children, they're members of the body, baptized, they've had his name placed upon them, but always we need to put that call before them to receive, to rest upon Christ, uh, even if they can't remember a day when they didn't do so. That's what I pray for my kids, but um, to, to go to the word, uh, to have that before them always, to, to, to point them to Christ and say, no, receive him, rest upon him. Um, that should always be before us. I also thought about those with different conversion experiences as we think about conversion. There's not always a day and an hour uh, that we know that regeneration has happened or that we've uh, received Christ by faith. Um, I, you know, I used to be guilty. I did come to faith a little bit later in life, but I was still guilty because I couldn't think of, like, well, there was this one day, <laughs> and then it was different. And, 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 and in some circles I was in, it was kind of like, well, you know. <laughs> Maybe today could be the day, you know. Um, but even in, in Scripture, we have different examples. We have, we have both. We have Saul, who did know the day, <laughs> um, at least his conversion to a full sense of who Christ is, as, as Christ showed up on the road, very different than the road story this morning. He falls off his horse. He's blinded. So we have these dramatic testimonies, so that truly many have that testimony. But then Paul then writes to Timothy and says, How from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation. And he, and he talks about his grandmother's faith and being passed to him. And so scripture gives us both examples. Um, God works in those who can't even think of a day or an hour. 
and he works dramatically in those later in life. And it's up to him that the Spirit blows as he wills. And lastly, true faith does not mean perfect faith. Since faith is not a work that earns God's favor, it, it, it's not as if we have to wonder, well, my, my faith better be strong enough or articulated well enough or for him to accept me. Uh, no, it, think of Mark chapter 9, uh, where um, the father of the child is you know, asking Jesus for help. And he says, you know, if you can, help him. And Jesus says, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. And you remember what the father says? I believe. Help my unbelief. Um, and Jesus uh, uh, heals him. And, and I think that's really the cry of the true believer. I, I believe. Help my unbelief. Um, it's not the sort of a false humility. Um, Thomas Watson puts it this way, and, and, and we'll end here on this, on this thought. We must distinguish between weakness of faith and no faith. Uh, Certainly, if we have no faith, we need to wrestle with that and say, have I put faith in Christ? But a weak faith is true. The bruised reed is but weak, uh, yet it is such as Christ will not break. Though thy faith may be weak, be not discouraged. He says, well, he makes more points, but two of them, he says, a weak faith may still receive a strong Christ. Uh, just like a weak eye might have seen the brazen serpent that was lifted up in the Old Testament to heal, a weak child, as we saw, can, can hold on to the firefighter. And number two, the promise is not made to strong faith, but to true faith. Uh, the promise says not, whoever has a giant faith that can remove mountains, that can stop the mouths of lions, shall be saved. But whosoever believes, be his faith ever so small. We know this intrinsically that throughout the Christian life, if you look back five years, ten years ago, you'd say, yeah, my faith has grown since then. (laughs) And yet he, in his grace, saved me then. He didn't wait until I reached, you know, like 20 percent. You know, it's not a progress bar uh, that his, his grace has already poured out on me. That's the only thing that's growing my faith, in fact. And so we've seen that faith is not a leap of faith. It's not wishful thinking. It's not general. It's in a person, the person of Jesus Christ. And this is a receiving and resting upon Christ alone for salvation. Uh, and as we saw in that John passage, and for life itself. Um, and, and for all the blessings that come uh, from him. And so we'll, we'll say more about faith, but uh, let, me, let me pray for us. And God, we thank you that uh, for those of us who have put our faith in Christ, we know that it's a gift uh, from you, Lord. Uh, that before eternity, you, you knew us, you chose us uh, in love, in Christ. Uh, you sent Christ to die for us, purchasing our salvation. And then you opened our eyes. You gave us new hearts so that we could receive him. We thank you, Lord. Uh, we will sing about this for all eternity. And so we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.